Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. Yesterday, I started a a first of two broadcasts that I want to cover on abortion. We got the huge news, or as in the words of uh, President Trump, huge news of Roe v. Wade being turned and uh, our nation uh, after 50 years, or was it 60, 60 years of opening up the right to abortion in our nation, giving it a federal right. Well, now that's been removed. Nowhere in the Constitution, and, and let me be clear, let's be clear. What is the job of the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court's job is to make sure that Congress and lawmakers make laws that are consistent with a document that was written hundreds of years ago, and it's a document that's not living and breathing. It is uh, written the way it was written for a purpose, and if it needed to be corrected, there was ways to correct it, to amend it. And there have been amendments through the years, but we can't, you know, treat that it didn't mean what it said. And their job, the Supreme Court, is to make sure that the laws of the land still are consistent with the Constitution. The Constitution, we do not have a king. We have a Constitution. We have a republic, a representative republic that acts upon the voice of the people, the Democrats to elect certain uh, people to represent them in making laws and govern them in the White House and and so on there, but they have to do it all consistent to the Constitution. And the job of of the Supreme Court is to make sure that they do that. And they got it wrong. And it was clearly that it, it was clear that it was wrong. But because it was so popular, no judges didn't have the courage and the scruples to fix it. Finally, we did. Now, there are many of the people that are upset about it. What did they fix? Let's be clear. They did not stop abortion. They didn't do it. What they did is they took the federal right to abortion and removed it because why did they remove it? The Constitution does not speak about it. And anything that the Constitution does not address specifically by name and give to the empowerment of the federal government to control, then it is the responsibility of the states to deal with it, not the federal government. So if you don't understand how our government works is that, you know, we've got our our states and we have now 50 of them and they've got their governors and they've got their own legislative body. Anything that the Constitution did not name directly and empower the federal government to operate and control and deal with, then it is left to the states to deal with it. And the federal government had no right to deal with this issue called abortion. It's not mentioned. Nothing is talked about in the Constitution in empowering the federal government to deal with that and legislate on that and so on there. So therefore, who has the power to deal with it? The states. And that's exactly what we did. 
in this Roe v. Wade reversal. And we turned it back to the states. And of course, some states are going to do away with abortion. And people are not happy about that. But there will still be abortions in our country because some states will permit it. And I started yesterday to giving us a biblical foundation, a biblical argument of why we Christians are against it because God is against it. We say God's against this. But if ever challenged, show me in the Bible where that where where you get that from, where would we take them? Most Christians wouldn't have a clue. And so write these verses down. I'm going to give them to you quickly. We, we're not going to talk much about them now because i got more I want to share with you. We begin in Luke chapter 1, verse 41. And, you know, we got uh, uh, the babe in the womb of Elizabeth. This is uh, the mother of John the Baptist. And Mary comes with, the, with Jesus inside her womb. And there is a reaction in the womb of Elizabeth. The babe leapt, the Bible tells us. This is not just tissue. This is not just an organism of, uh, of tissues. It's a life. It's a person. And we get more clear on that. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Very clearly, the Bible says that while Jeremiah was in the belly, the Lord knew him, saw him, sanctified him, and ordained him, called him into the ministry while he was in his mother's womb. He was a person. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1. Isaiah says pretty much the same thing. The Lord called me from the womb and from the bowels of my mother, within the most parts of her. God mentioned his name and and called him into there into that ministry. Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16 are perhaps the strongest if if you're only left to you know to quickly deal with the case take them to Psalms 139 verse 13 through 16 very clearly thou hast covered me in my mother's womb I'm fearfully and wonderfully made uh, my substance was not hid. Even when there was nothing and imperfect there, they were known. My members were written. They were recorded. And they were fashioned. And, and so the, this is, uh, the life is important. God made a specific effort to mention life and bodies inside their mother's womb, even knowing their name, calling them into ministry. And, and so on. So don't tell me that God doesn't care for what uh, for the life that's inside the womb. Let me move on. Let me give you some other things today. There's something, too, that's very important you need to understand. When someone takes the life of an unborn baby, they are shedding innocent blood. There's nothing more innocent than an unborn child. They've committed no wrong, no sin no crime. Um, they have every right to life as any other person, and someone taking their life is shedding innocent blood. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17 tells us very clearly there's a list of six things that God hates. I mean, this is very strong. I mean, this, you know, and then there's a seventh thing, and it's an abomination to him, and so it goes through the list of these seven things. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Third on the list of things that God hates are those who shed innocent blood. I'm here going to, uh, uh, you need to understand, there will be judgment upon those 
who practice this. In fact, let me read this. Deuteronomy 27, verse 25. Deuteronomy 27, verse 25. Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person. Let me read that again. The person that takes a reward to slay an innocent person, an unborn child, to take their life, to shed their blood, um, the Bible says that person is cursed. They're cursed. God has a very strong, dim view of those who practice in this type of activity. Now, let me explain to you about birth control just for a moment here because we need to have a good understanding of this. There, you could basically put birth control into two categories. There's one category that deals with prevention, and the very top of that list is simply this, um, it is practicing, and the very first area of prevention are those who practice abstinence, waiting for sex until their marriage bed. That's exactly how God designed it, and that is prevention. You know, you're not going to get a girl uh, pregnant outside of wedlock, uh, or girls, you're not going to get pregnant outside of wedlock if you wait till your wedding day. So birth control, one way is abstinence, preventing yourselves of acting, you know, engaging in sexual activity. But in the other side of prevention, those who use things like condoms and stuff like that, this is the practice of preventing the sperm from reaching the egg. And there's different ways of, of, uh, of that, spilling the seed uh, on the ground and, and different things. Uh, we, we could go through a whole list, and I'm not going to get into all that uh, here on the radio here or there. But there's an- another form is the, those who take pills, women who take pills. There's two ways that they prevent a pregnancy. One stops ovulation. It stops the releasing of an egg. And the other form of prevention of taking a pill is stopping fertilization so that the sperm can't reach the egg. And so, and and, and there's other things, but basically what we're trying, trying to get across, there's birth control by prevention. Then there's birth control by termination. That's taking something where the sperm has reached the egg and fertilization has occurred. We would call this the point of conception. And the other form of birth control is termination by taking a pill. There's two different types of pills. One is designed to terminate the pregnancy and the fertilization egg by stopping it from being implanted so it won't stick to the uterus. And then there's another one, and that is this more egregious, more injurious, is the morning-after pill, which will kill and, and terminate the, uh, the fertilized egg. It doesn't stop it from, you know, from implanting and stuff like that. It actually kills it and destroys it, dissolves it. And so 
These, and then of course, an abortion. These are birth control methods of termination. We Christians should take a stand that if God has designed for the fertilization, for conception to occur, there is the beginning of life. Now, our time is running short, and I want to quickly take you to another verse and to close out with uh, these thoughts. What, then, is our responsibility as Christians in this, in this situation in our nation, in this immoral, ungodly behavior of killing babies? It's amazing here that there's so many people upset that babies now get to live. I mean, can you imagine that? It's just beyond me that the wickedness and the evil that's in the hearts of some of the people in our country that support this activity is so wicked and vile. But what should we do? Should we just, you know, turn a blind eye and do nothing? Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8. And I want you to remember this verse. It's important. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. In other words, if there's people out there who do not have a mouth to speak for themselves, they're not going to be heard. For some reason, they cannot be heard. So we should open our mouth for their cause to those who are appointed to destruction. We have a responsibility to help those whom are appointed to destruction. We cannot remain silent. Doing so is violating God's command, and we need to keep up the fight until this business of killing unborn children is brought to an end in this nation. 